Um, I can't think what I was going to ask you now. Um, so you said you're writing the second book. Is that completely different? Um, yeah. I, I, again, I'm not... I'd like to pretend I'm smart. I'm not one for a series. I, it was a scrap of A4 with, with some brief notes on it that there really wasn't enough to kind of go on and write a second book with. This this one is, it's a completely removed story. It's set in Liverpool, though. It's set in, like, Crosby, which is just down the road from, from Liverpool as, as, like, a, a main city. Um, and it, it's, it's crabs. It's like a crab cult. There's, there's no way to kind of juge that up to be honest and again this 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 one just came from a conversation where my friend was telling me about this horrific memory he has where his dad chased him with a crab and it's traumatized it's his bbc moth um and my little brain was like wouldn't it be funny if i wrote a whole <laughs> book about a crab cult and that that's where i'm up to now with it but I've, the, the the similar sort of link would be that it's Again, it's based on like a Celtic deity, but this one more of the ocean as opposed to the Kalich from the books of Sarah. Um, the, this this one feels a bit more organic and a lot more, a lot more planning has gone into this one because I've learned the first book I really enjoyed, but it was a massive learning curve for me, especially when I got halfway through and was like, I have no real idea of where I'm going with this. I'm just going to keep on writing. And then when I was editing, I was like, you can clearly see I had no idea where I was going when I was rereading it. I think the characters' names changed about three times in the first edit from like chapter to chapter. And physical description at one point, somebody had a hair and then they had a bald head and they had green eyes and blue eyes. My first editor earned every penny that I paid them because by the end of it, they must have just been like... Did, did, did you check this yourself when you before you sent this through to me? <laughs> so no, the, the new one, it's a completely, it's a completely sort of standalone thing. It's probably most of the stuff I write is probably going to be set in or around Liverpool because it's just such a fascinating city. And there's a lot of there's a lot of lore you can kind of tap into within within Merseyside as an area. And I quite like that. Being Scottish and moving down here, but I've been here for so long, I'm constantly fascinated by like local ghost stories and local local bits and bobs that you hear. And I'm not smart enough to do a Stephen King and invent a town for myself like Derry or Castle Rock. So I'll just stick with the city that exists already, to be honest. <laughs> and do you think it's always going to be horror, or are you tempted to branch off into anything else? I think it'd probably just be just be horror I think I'm, I'm 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 genuinely I'm quite uh if I'm not writing horror I'm reading everything I read it's it's horror the video games I play are pretty firmly in the horror genre um every movie and tv show I, I am one of those that that really like if somebody looked at my Netflix list they'd be like is he all right like what what do you watch for fun? Saying that there's that, and then there's Drag Race. That that's pretty much the things. But I think RuPaul would slap a lawsuit on me pretty fast if I tried to write <laughs> some kind of Drag Race related book. To be honest, <laughs> so no, I'll stick in my lane and just stick with with horrible horror. I might the next one's not as extreme, so I've certainly moved away from 
trying to horrify people and I'm a lot less concerned about my own self <laughs> reading some of the stuff that I've written but it will definitely fall under the horror sort of umbrella <laughs> was when my mother-in-law picked up a copy and I was like please please don't judge me when you read it. I was like you don't even have to read it you know like I get if you want a copy I'll sign a copy for you because I, I, I love you to bits and I'm really happy that you can have a copy I was like but Please don't read it. Like, don't read that book and then have me at the dinner table and be like, so in chapter five. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. She's she's an even bigger horror fan than I am. Like, I'm really lucky with my mother-in-law, to be honest. She hardcore loves her horror as well. Um, we meet up every Thursday, me, Teddy's brother, and my mother-in-law. We have tea together. And neither Ted, Teddy doesn't mind horror. His younger brother is... Well, he's like 20 now, so he's just there, really. But the, it, me and her pick the shows, and every time we're, we've got this new horror show, we think these are both going to enjoy. <laughs> they had to sit through like five seasons of Slasher, The Handmaid's Tale, American Horror Story, and you can see them being a bit like, please, can we just watch something where people don't die? And me and her is <laughs> like, oh, that's brilliant, absolutely love this. Oh, <laughs> so I'm going to oh. say I'll stick with horror for her that's what I'll say that's why I'll stick with her just to keep her happy yeah absolutely you've got to keep the mother-in-law happy oh absolutely yeah it's like an unwritten rule so you know yeah she's easy to keep happy because she's a genuinely amazing person like I am one of the luckiest men in the world that my mother-in-law is genuinely phenomenal so I'll do it's not even a problem keeping her happy because she, she's never not happy in the first place <laughs> have you made lots of author friends since you started writing yeah I went on this really well I do and I don't I, I was quite I, I've got a friend who's a poet um he's released a book of poetry um and I kind of I went to his book launch just before the first lockdown and just that whole experience was a bit like I kind of want this like this is amazing and it was nice to to be able to talk writery stuff with them without feeling kind of pretentious like you know when you're like oh I'm, I'm feeling quite like writery block if you if people don't write they're a bit like it's just your brain telling you the story whereas with him he was able to give me some really good like hints and tips and then there was a lot of imposter syndrome when I released my first book, like, oh, my God, it's, oh, I've, I've written a book, but don't read it. Please don't read it. It's awful. You know, one of those kind of like, oh, don't read my book. Here it is. It's available on Amazon. Um, but I've, I've made a couple of writer friends, like, obviously, I was talking before about Dave Kluska, um, Dave from, from Liverpool as well. And he was amazing. He was, like, the first published writer that I've been able to sit down and chat fully to and he just made me howl really for the whole the whole time we were at this horror market together um and then after that I was a bit more like okay so writers are just human beings and they do just want to natter to you um I've got Catherine Cavendish um who's a really good gothic horror writer I helped with one of her book launches um pre-lockdown and I speak to her quite a bit as well. And she's just, she's an amazingly lovely woman. She is so supportive of, I think, anybody in the writing community that, that expresses interest. 
is there with advice and support for you. So I've got people, and then obviously I'm in a couple of writer groups, and if someone sends me a friend request, I'm like, oh, hello, let's, let's be friends kind of thing. But as as like real-life people that I would speak to in, in a day-to-day basis, that it's quite small, but the few that I've got are great for when I've got imposter syndrome or when I'm feeling like, oh, should I run this idea sort of past them? And and that helps really because some of my my, my non-writer friends, I'll run an idea past them and they're a bit like, wow, are you are you really writing that? Especially with books of Sarah, when I, there's a scene in chapter four involving soup and it, it's quite horrific. And I ran it past one of my friends and I literally saw them shuffle away from me after I told her I was like it's not that bad is it and obviously a couple of my friends like one of my best friends from high school bought my book and she read it and I've got it's one of my favorite screenshots now it's just her reaction when she'd read that scene she just texted me and was like what the hell is wrong with you this is horrific and I was like I told you I was going to write a horrible book. <laughs> I think it's even on one of like my, my 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 Facebook page, just this screenshot from her, and I'm like, yeah, that that, and it felt weirdly nice. Like I really shocked you. I really shocked you. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, um, a guy um, that I speak to um, sent me the first few chapters of his latest book, and I yeah. just replied saying, "What the fuck is wrong with you, man?" <laughs> <laughs> And he shared it on Twitter. <laughs> it, it's nice. It is. It's like a nice weird validation that I didn't know I needed. <laughs> and then obviously I joined them because it, it falls out a bit more into like the extreme horror side. I've joined a couple of Facebook groups. And and then I, I, I won a competition for Jonathan Butcher's Chocolate Man. And I got my copy and I was like, I'm not alone. Other people have these horrible ideas in their heads as well. <laughs> At least my cover isn't like, it's not as horrific as his content probably matches, but the cover at least is. <laughs> my friend was like, said to me, he was like, oh, do you want to come to a Comic-Con? Um, and, you know, you could sell your book there and bring your banner. I was like, my banner is like a six foot banner of a man holding a woman's severed head. I was like, I don't think that's really Comic-Con appropriate when there's children running around. <laughs> I, I, I might I might be like horror, but I'm at least realistic in the expectations <laughs> of it. I've heard though that they're good for horror writers, the comic cons and stuff. Or there's like special horror ones, I think. Yeah, there's a um, chiller con on at the end of the month. Um, I've signed up. I'm going to be a red shirt there this year just to try and like help out and sort of scope it because I've never really done that side of it. I'm. I was a bit hesitant, really. Like I've done a couple of, like I did the Liverpool Horror Club's Christmas Market. Um, I did the. Uh, my friend runs a bookshop, so we had an Otaku Saturday, which was like a manga, um, an anime event. So I went with that, and that was quite good because they, they were they were kind of intrigued by the poster enough. So I've I've kind of got to bite the bullet. I think it's it's just that hard thing of of going somewhere and pitching your book to people loads and loads throughout the day because I've still got that little bit of like don't read it don't read it just you know here's my book like people in work have started to to buy it one of the managers where I work came in and said oh I picked up your book and I was like oh oh please please don't judge me I'm really sorry 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, I speak to so many authors, and the amount of times I have to go, for God's sake, you're awesome. Like, just chill the fuck out. And yeah. seriously, like, you've written 10 books. Pull yourself together. You're fine. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hoping by the time when I do the second <laughs> book, I'll be a bit more like, oh, yeah, here's my book. <laughs> like, the be. first, I think it's because it's your first one, and it, it, it's a bit hard to kind of have that. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. Trust so, me. I think. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was I hoping that I'd get confident as I went along. I want to shake a lot of you and slap quite a few of you. It's just slaps and sentence here. Honestly, the amount of times that I have to g you up, and yeah, on it's exhausting. It's a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you off the list of people to call when I'm having a meltdown. Then <laughs> Don't no, have it's me. fine. Tell me I'm good. I'm used to it. It's fine. It's part of my job. I see it as part of my. My second job. <laughs> Even Stephen King has imposter syndrome, so that that makes me feel infinitely better, to be honest. Yeah, I saw him speak at Bloody Scotland last year, and um, he said that every time he sends a book off to his editor, he thinks that they're going to come back and say, "What the fuck is this? It's shit." And how? <laughs> I mean, that that's. Mad. I mean, to be fair, those editors also let him release stuff like Tommy Knockers. So, the less said about that, the better. I love the man, but that th- that was a that was a tough breed. Well, you've all got. I suppose you know, it was six steel books. You've got to have a stinker in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. It makes me feel a bit better thinking that even he has got a little bit of imposter syndrome every now and again. Yeah. See, this is my go-to backup. Like Stephen King has imposter syndrome, so you're yeah. all fine. It's all good. Fine, I'll take it. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm one of those. I've got a Stephen King tattoo on my arm, so I am a big, big Stephen King, and I'm a massive Clive Barker fan as well. So, uh, and the Liverpool thing for Clive Barker just just ties it in a little bit better for me as well. Yeah, you should definitely do more book events as well because they're amazing. I love them. I think I will. I'll definitely go and try. I think there's a couple coming up because um, I don't drive. I have to kind of sweet talk. Mm-hmm. The other half into being like, please, will you just drive me? You drive me somewhere and just stand around for six hours and then take me home again. <laughs> There'll be a yeah. KFC in there for you to promise. In two days, I'm doing yeah. my first one that sort of helped organise. It's a multi-genre author event as well, so. Oh, that sounds fun. Where's that? Is that Stoke. Stoke. I know where Stoke is. I, I actually, that geography brain, I know where that is. See, I'm, I'm further down than Stoke. I'm yeah. about two hours, two and a half hours away from Stoke. Oh, that would be fun, though. That sounds like quite an exciting, like, thing, especially if you've helped organise it as well. So excited. I can't even tell you. Like, I can't wait. I keep messaging the, the person that's actually organised it. I'm like, two more, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know now that you are just going to be spending your whole day with a bunch of neurotic authors. Though. You are just going to have to run around and be like, you're all fine. Fine, all of you. <laughs> well, some of them thankfully have done it before, but a lot of them it's their first time. So yeah, I'd be like, for God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> these people, they're here to figure you're gonna have yeah. to talk to them. <laughs> Bring your stern sort of teacher <laughs> voice with you. You are fine. Now get back to that desk. <laughs> yeah, do as you're told. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine, totally got that under control. Yeah. It's fine. But then I'm doing panels and I had no idea what the fuck I agreed to do to this. And I petrified, seriously, what the hell was I thinking? Why, why, why did I say yes to this? So I'm going to be a quivering wreck and they're going to be like, 
you you do this all the time put yourself together fine absolutely yeah you'll be absolutely <laughs> it's that thing isn't it it's that like just fear of doing something like that but once you have like two minutes in you're like i am loving every minute of this yeah maybe <laughs> not sure about that <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah you should do more and keep an eye out for like the multi-genre ones because obviously you can go to them bring my horrific banner with me and not scare the children's yeah Yeah. but I mean some of these fantasy writers have some weird shit on their banners so it'd fit right in yeah I've got a lot of friends that are fantasy readers and they wouldn't touch the horror genre with like a six-foot barge ball and then they'll tell me about the book they're reading I'm like Dude, that's a horror book. That that's just a horror book with dragons. Like let's let's that's elves and horror that you are reading. My book's just serial killers. That that's all. <laughs> I, that's the only difference. I know us readers are just weird, aren't we as well? Yeah, I think that. I think it, it, I, I'm always a kind of in awe of people that that multi genre read. Like I'd love to be. I have tried other genres in the past and. I just kind of deviate like straight back onto onto the horror horror genre again, even if it's like fantasy. I've tried a couple of fantasies, but unless there's a decent touch of horror there, I find myself getting really bored really quickly. <laughs> and I, I went on a, a run because obviously my friend my friend Pete and Steph are big big fantasy writers, and they suggested loads of books. So I tried a couple of them, and I think after the third one, I was like, I can't handle another orphan with a destiny. So I've just moved away from the genre a little bit. But as I watched The Wheel of Time recently, the, the Amazon show, and I thought I might give that a little go because apparently that does get quite quite good as it goes on. But then I found out it was 13 books and like a 1,000 pages each. And nobody, I don't have the time for that level of commitment, to be honest. No. Yeah, I'm a genre hopper. I can read anything. Historical, autobiographies, um, yeah. non-fiction, Romance, horror, crime, anything. You give it to me, I'll read it generally. I'm really impressed. The last autobiography I I read, I think, was... I think it was the Cher one when I was, like, 15. I still hadn't come out, but I'd asked for it for Christmas. That was a big red flag. (laughs) Um, I think that was the last autobiography that I actually read. Just sat there hugging my Cher book at the the table on Christmas. Go, no, I've not got a girlfriend yet, Mum. <laughs> oh, my God, what an image. <laughs> and here oh. I am. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, and I completely have... derailed that there with that mental image for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you had much feedback from your readers? Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm annoyingly like one review away from thirty on Amazon. I I expected to get like two, um, and and the, the feedback's been really really good to be honest. Like I've had some really nice um, comments, especially on Goodreads. Somebody left me this like review of reviews that I think anytime I'm ever feeling remotely down. I'll just read it because I, my head was like this big after I'd read it. Um, and the, the big thing that I was concerned about was people kind of being a bit negative about the, the content matter because it's a heavily domestic violence features quite a lot in the book itself. 
Um, so I, I knew that obviously as a as a male writer, it's a main female character that I, is my main character. So that I was really concerned, like it, I didn't want it to be sens- sensationalized. So I, that was my big concern. Like if someone said, you know, oh, he's written this from like a male gaze or this or that. I've not had any of that. So I'm quite like buzzing whenever I do get a new review. I am one of those though. And I'm blaming it on it being me first. So every couple of days I do just check Amazon. I'm like, oh, oh, I've got a new review. Um, but the feedback has been really, really nice. Even when I've spoken to people, like a few people in work read the book that that did like horror and they they really enjoyed it as well. So it just, it does get neurotic and needy. It, it gives me the validation that I need. <laughs> like, it keeps me going. <laughs> Um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would it be? Clive Barker, without a doubt. Absolutely, Clive Barker. The man is just amazing. I have got the biggest crush on him as a writer. I just think he's phenomenal. Absolutely love him. And he's from Liverpool as well. So I imagine that we'd, we'd be able to have a good good giggle walking around going having some time, time around Liverpool, to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you'd say him or Stephen King when you were talking before. <laughs> oh, I'd be a mess if I met Stephen King. I like to think I'd be really cool. The poor man would have about three minutes and I'd still be just crying, like, I love you. There'd be no way, there'd be no way at all I could speak to him. I love Clive, but I think I could contain myself long enough to have an actual conversation with him that wouldn't just be me being hysterical and needy. <laughs> Um, if you're able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go? <laughs> oh, probably the Romans, like the Roman time. I, I loved Spartacus, the TV show. Um, so that whole, I wouldn't be like a gladiator or anything. I'd be like one of those sitting around drinking wine all day. But the whole, the whole thing's just kind of fascinating to me, like the whole era, really. Um, and they still had personal hygiene. I don't think I could go back to when people were proper smelly. It just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't suit me <laughs> down to the ground. Um, what do you like to do when you're not writing and not working? If you do have any spare time around either of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I play a lot of PlayStation, to be honest. Um, typical, very boring answer. Um, and binge watching things I get weirdly fixated on a show and then I will just binge watch the life out of it so if something's got like 10 seasons that is that is me sorted absolutely but then it'll be the strangest things that I get kind of hooked on a few years ago I got really really into America's Next Top Model and binged about eight seasons of them um, it's not something I would normally watch, but by after eight seasons, I was like, I could be a model, you know, like I understand the whole fashion industry from this show. Um, and that, 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 that's my main thing. Like, especially if I'm kind of relaxing, it is just, we'll, we'll watch a lot of TV because the hours that I work, I have a lot of travel doing from work. Um, so I, I'm not one of these people that writes daily. So if I get a big chunk of free time, it's normally spent writing what my downtime is playing the PlayStation with Terry or binge watching the TV. Like just we'll go through like movies and series and stuff together. And then every now and again, he'll sort of say to me like, please, please, can we watch something light, happy? 
<laughs> we started the, the year with a rewatch of all the Saw movies. And then he was like, I, I, that, I loved them, absolutely loved them. And I think he'd seen them like three times before as well. By the last one, he was like, can I maybe pick the next movie? Would you mind? I was like, no, I don't want you to go. So he picked the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And then he, he was like, it's the extended cuts. And I was like, I can't really complain. I've just made you watch like eight, eight is eight now, I think. Eight Saw movies back to back. Let, let's go for Hobbits. Let's go for Hobbits <laughs> for a change. You deserve it. End of the first Saw movie. One of the best endings ever, right? Oh, I can still, I was. I went to cinema to see, I still remember that. Yeah. He was there. <laughs> they do dip like quite a lot as the series goes on. But I think because I, I, I'll watch them like one a night over the course of like a week when I get in, you know, like while well, I'm settling down. Um, the story throughout all of them works quite well. I think the problem was they were releasing them yearly in the cinema and I was watching them yearly, but I think by the fifth or sixth one, even I was like, I have no clue what what's going on because I'd forgotten <laughs> everything. It's easier when you're sat in the house and you can, or even when you've got your phone and you can go, oh yeah, that was that was from the last one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love the Saw films as well. And yeah, the, the end of that one is just still one of the most gobsmacking minutes. And it's that film. piece of music that's playing as well, the game over. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely love it. Yep. <laughs> um, who was your first celebrity crush? Okay, so don't judge, but uh, it was um, Josh Brolin in The Goonies as the mean older brother. That was the exact moment that I realised, huh, something a bit different about me. Um, and I even remember saying to my mom, I was like, I love him, you know. My mom was like, oh, there's a friend. I was like, no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but yeah, no, Josh, it was, it was the brother from The Goonies was my first major celebrity crush when I was a when I was a young lad and you still had to come out yeah surprisingly <laughs> yes like, the signs right, okay. were very much in neon all pointing that way and I still had to say to my mom guess what <laughs> in between playing me Jerry Halliwell's schizophonic album because she just split up from the Spice Girls and hugging my share autobiography she hadn't quite pieced it together <laughs> and it came as a shock that's the part that I never quite got over I was like I think all of her friends knew like they, they had eyes so they obviously had a rough idea um but yeah, no, she just had no no inclination. And then it shocked her, literally shocked her when she found out. Oh, bless her. There's literal <laughs> photos of me as a kid, like, in all the family, but we're like, woo! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, right, so you said you're writing your second book now. Do you know what's coming for you next after that? I do, actually, because I started planning it. I've, the people I spoke to said planning is important. Um, I'm doing my, I want to do a zombie book. So I'm writing a zombie book, but told entirely from the perspective of one house during the zombie apocalypse. So each, so it's going to be more like a series of short stories, but each will be stuck within the confines of 
a room within the house and time will have passed until you get right back to the first room again, which will resolve the story. And then I want to try and do a slasher. That That's the big goal for me. I want to, but I want to have confidence in myself as a writer because you don't just do a slasher. It's, it's, it's like my favourite subgenre of horror. So I want to really, really give it like, a lot of planning and a lot of a lot of thought. Um, but the next one, the one after this, it's going to be zombies, then slasher. That's that's how it's going to go. I just need obviously planning, and that that's the key for me. More than a single scrap of A4 to work off of. <laughs> um, well, you may really to know. I don't have any more questions for you. And if you think there's anything that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. No, I think that's pretty much. I mean, I didn't mean to share the, the mental image of me hugging a share book dancing to Jerry Halliwell, but here we are. I think I've covered pretty much everything, to be honest with you. Um, thank you so much for having me. I've had an absolute, absolute blast on a little Wednesday afternoon. It's been a great way to, to spend my night, to be honest. And Yeah, me too. My cheeks are hurting from laughing so much. <laughs> That image is going to haunt you, you know, of me and me and the share book. That that will burn itself into your brain. Yep. <laughs> I'll be messing Never going to listen to her the same again <laughs> now. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> um, so would you like to tell everyone where they can get your book from and where they can yeah, find out more about you? Yeah. It's um it's available on Amazon. So it's the books of Sarah by James LeFaber, which Nice, easy to spell surname. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's available on Amazon. Um, if you do read it, reach out on, on pretty much every social media possibly imaginable, even TikTok, but I'm not down enough with the kids to be doing no TikTok trends. Um, but reach out. I, I love speaking to people, as awkward as I might make it sound like I am, I do love speaking to people about horror and horror books. And even if you want to talk about my book and, promise once I've stopped saying you love me you really love me I'll happily talk to you about the finer points of the story um so yeah feel free send me a friend request on pretty much anything and I'll I'll happily point you in the right direction fabulous thank you very much thank you very much